This is our Everest. Greetings, culture vultures, and welcome to This is Our Christmas Everest, the advent calendar that celebrates diversity. In all its shapes and forms. And what could be more diverse than a programme that featured and, a racist... And another racist. Actually, there were quite a lot. It's the In Sickness and in Health Christmas Special 1985, and if you don't know what In Sickness and in Health is... Alf Garnet. It's the Alf Garnet Christmas It's special. the successor series till Death Do Us Part, or Death Us Do Part. It certainly is. Which ran from... And I'm doing this without having looked it up, so do okay. do pull me up if I'm wrong. I'm going to go 64 to 75. I think it was 65. Oh. Maybe. But I didn't, I didn't write down when the original series ran. I think it, you're about right in terms of that first one. I think it may have been 65 to 75. Yeah. In Sickness and in Health ran from 1985 to 1992. 1992! I was wondering when I, when I saw this that the racism and anti-Semitism and homophobia <laughs> and misogyny in this episode was so over-exaggerated that they had to rein it in in later episodes. I can only oh, assume okay. they must have had to do that. I'm going to have to try and find like an episode from the last series or something to see what it's like. Well, there's plenty of them about. The argument, and the argument that was always given, mm. and I think, it's, I think it's a genuine argument on behalf of Johnny Spate, is that he, that is to say Alf Garnet, was a fictional creation meant to satirise things like that. But of course, as we've said before on this podcast, and is also equally true, that doesn't stop people from taking it as gospel. And it's as simple as that, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's, no, it, I it, think... It, it become, it's more, it's just as likely to become part of the problem or make the problem worse as it is to to shock everyone into going do you know what i've been wrong about these things my whole life yeah i mean you talk to somebody who was growing up black or growing up pakistani in the late 60s or early 1970s and a lot of them will all tell you the same thing which is that the morning after till death us do part was on the exact words that alf garnet used the night before were being shouted at them by kids in playgrounds. It was a wildly stupid and irresponsible thing to do to think that a country as emotionally stunted as this country (laughs) would be able to cope with the levels of suspension of disbelief and irony upon irony required to even accept this comedy for what Johnny Spate claimed it to be. It's beyond the point of reckless. And the reason why I say I wonder if they toned it down in later episodes or later series is actually quite specific. You know, I have a specific reason for saying that. Okay. Because that's what happened between 1975 
and 1985. Now, I haven't seen any of the episodes from the first series of In Sickness and In Health, which came out in 1985. This episode was shown on Boxing Day 1985. This is the last episode of In Sickness and In Health and of uh, Till Death Do Us Part Mm. to feature Dandy Nichols. Yeah, she died six weeks after this was broadcast. She certainly did. Maybe of shame. Yeah. Well, the thing is that, you know, I don't want to give away too many spoilers about this episode. Oh, because everyone's going to be absolutely piling in to watch this one. But there are two lengthy racist screeds in this. Screed is a good word. Yeah, I like screed. The one thing that you do notice is that certainly during the first one, and throughout a lot of the second one as well, the studio audience is not laughing. In fact, there's quite a deathly silence when they're sitting in the pub and he starts going on about coons this and coons that. And there is a deathly silence over the studio audience. And I wonder, I wonder, I don't know, this is entirely speculation on my point, on, on my part, but I do wonder if the that first series, and maybe this special, misjudged what a studio audience was prepared to put up with. Now, don't get me wrong, there is homophobia and there is racism and there is anti-Semitism in this episode that the studio audience thinks is hilarious. But there is clearly (laughs) a point when it doesn't seem hilarious anymore. Has Enoch... (laughs) Has Enoch have brought your coons over here, have Yeah, now he wants to send them all back again. Because they didn't come up to his expectations, see? You liked him, didn't you? Oh, yeah. I like Enoch. Enoch, it was the Minister of Labour, wasn't it? That's right, yeah. Minister of Labour. Correct. Because well, we, we were short of Labour. Yes, right, yes. They brought them over, didn't they? How's your cheap Labour? Yeah, well, you see, the un, 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 unions wouldn't allow it, wouldn't they? Bloody unions! Bloody unions! Bloody unions! In a way, of course, it, I think it, it proves a lot, because the actual meat of that dialogue is probably the best satirical work in the entire series, thus demonstrating that this is going completely over the heads of everyone. Yeah. So any of your high aims, just forget about it. Because they're either... They're, 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 they're treating it at face value and are, are appalled, or they're treating it at face value because they just think that it's... You know, this isn't comedy. This is just common sense. Yeah. Either way, you failed. You failed in your objective. If that was your objective in the first place, your honour. Well, exactly. I mean, I, you know, I mean, the thing is, I'm probably, on the basis of the very little I know, I'm probably prepared to give Warren Mitchell a pass. Yeah. Because, A, they're the actors and not the writers. And I'll come back to this on Arthur English as well, actually. Um, yeah. And B, Warren Mitchell was Jewish. And I am inclined to believe that this was a cack handed attempt to actually f- face down racism and to actually front up to it and have a conversation about it. Because everybody knows the British are very good at sweeping things under the carpet, at not having 
uncomfortable conversations. Well, they're so uncomfortable. Just aren't they? think about just think about how we've dealt with the empire at the ends of the colonial period. Yeah, yeah. It, it's a little bit like that. We're we're just we're not quite emotionally mature enough for it. No, and the sad thing is that actually, you know, these programs are dealing with are are, are a way of somebody dealing with that yeah but they're again they're doing it in a way that just it doesn't work for a mass audience yeah. because british people are stupid yeah and, and i have always you know kind of if I, I, the one thing that i would say here is that i probably only ever watched a couple of episodes of till death do us part and both probably at least 20 or 30 years ago because that shit won't get be won't be getting shown on the TV again. You're probably right. But I've I've got a feeling that I've caught like a couple of repeat episodes from years and years and years ago. I've seen quite a few episodes of it. I'm not a great expert. I'm prepared to give it a partial pass. Although, if the level of abuse was as high in the original series as it was in this Boxing Day episode, oh, it was. Then. Actually, I revoke that pass because both times they have these these lengthy. They are diatribe is really you know the the way probably the best way to describe it. There's no context in that. No, you know it's not it's not within the character of the show. It's within the you know within the part within the context of the show. It's not a plot device in any way. It's literally just two old men sitting at a table in a pub going on about this, that and the other. And, and it's like, I don't, I don't understand why you're doing this. I don't get well, that it. that was the stock in trade of Alf Garnet, wasn't it? That, but the, the yeah. thing is, and the big difference is, and you re- I think you really feel the big difference, the original series featured Tony Booth as the scarce git who was the husband who you, who would push yeah, back. Yeah, who would push back about he it. He offered yeah. the alternative voice, which makes it much easier for people to... Um... Which makes Alf Garnet look more stupid. And, it, and I guess that Johnny Spate would have argued that, well, you know, that's the point of it. You've got him there as the person who's speaking for the rest of us, saying you're an idiot and you're a bigot. Well, the thing is that if you remove that post... And I don't think they had any choice over that because I think that Tony Booth uh, refused to do it. Yeah. If you remove that post, then all you've got is two old boys sitting at a table shouting racist shit for five minutes, and that happens twice. Well, you can, that's a, that's the trouble, isn't it? With being racist, you can never get it all out in one go. You have to. It's like um... any excuse, you know. I was looking at the Wikipedia page, and it said that there were other characters involved in the series that weren't in this show. Yeah. Uh, which included a Pakistani shop owner yep. and a tight-fisted Jew. Um, that's, you know, stick that in quote marks, please, because that's yeah. how it came to me. Um, there's, there's one bit where there's this Jewish guy. They're at this Christmas meal in a church hall, which is just the most depressing thing I've, I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> it was pretty bad. You shouldn't be eating that, Mr. Rabinsky. It's not kosher. It's nicer than kosher. It's free. That's so fucking gross. You know, the 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 stuff that he does to Eunice Stubbs, who makes a appearance about halfway through as his daughter. 
and he keeps on well yeah let's let's run through what he does he is upset because she is spending the festivities in liverpool with her family can you imagine and alf insinuates that he might drop down dead that he and her mother have got a suicide pact going that they're going to join a voluntary euthanasia society he then starts taking the decorations down in a sort of cartoonish fit of pique and then pretends to fall off a ladder and hurt his leg thus forcing her to stay and look after her injured father and her infirm mother yeah rather than spending christmas with her husband who she loves even though he is a scouse git and the people that she considers to be her family yeah, but the way I look at that is people are selfish arseholes. The only way that I can put this is that there's presumably an implication going on here that he does this sort of shit all the time. Every day. So the fact that he continues to do it, knowing that it works, and knowing the torment that his daughter, who is obviously feeling some degree of guilt, at living, you know, 250 miles away from them, nah. is already feeling. That's fucking mental cruelty, well, is what that is. That's, that, that is an abusive relationship. Yeah, but if I could put... And the audience is expected to laugh at that. I, if I were to put, you know, if I could explain it from my view as a psychopath, you know, as long as it's still working for him, he's, there's, he's got no reason to change it. He's getting what he wants. Yeah, but you're so, not supposed to sympathise with that. Well, no, but I, I, I think that there, therein lies the rub of all of Alf Garnet, isn't it? But you know, you're not supposed to laugh at it. There's the if rub. He pushed, if, if he'd pushed his wife down the stairs, yeah. and then the next shot had been him up the post office cashing a gyro for the hundred thousand pounds life insurance <laughs> money made off the back of it. Would you be expecting a studio audience to laugh at that? I I don't get it. It's well, an abusive relationship. The fact that she's an adult woman. What you? You're right. Okay. So adults can't be the subject of abusive relationships. Parents can't continue to abuse their children after they hit the age no, of eighteen. Yeah, there's no denying that's, that. That's, that's that's you know it, it's. I don't know what I would have thought of that when I was twelve. But this, this is was, well, no thirteen. When this, this was is Alf Garnet all over though isn't it because ultimately at the end of the day whatever anybody ever said or did whatever tony booth came back with in rejoinder to alf's outrageous point the question was the next morning did you see alf garnet yeah not did you see tony booth yeah did you see tony booth did you see that idiot did you see that abuser that uh, racist yeah no it was, did you see Alf Garnet? He became the lovable face of misogyny, psychological cruelty and control. Well, I mean, it makes you... I'll tell you what, right? The way he treated everybody in that episode was so bad yeah. that by about halfway through it, I was kind of thinking, there is no way that he hasn't beaten his wife up before. No fucking way that he hasn't beaten his wife up before. I think you're probably reading quite a lot into that, but and, I mean, I see what you mean. You do and get the feeling, and, and, and the thing is that you, you know, and you're sitting there watching these two old people, one of whom is in a wheelchair, the other whom 
of whom seems to be in pretty good physical shape. Yeah. Um, unsurprisingly, since fucking Warren Mitchell was 62 when this was filmed. Well, I've um, I've got written here that he was 59, in fact. He's born in 1926. Every single bit of that dynamic is... If I went in there as, say, a social worker or a police officer... Or a home help, a flamboyantly homosexual black home help. I'd be writing a report that says this man is terrible fits of temper. <laughs> he is emotionally abusive towards his daughter. Yep. He's unbelievably racist and homophobic. And I don't think we can undertake to her safety in that house. Yeah, well, sucks to be else. The only thing that she gets back is the the last word. Yeah. You know? That's it. That's all they give her in return for all that shit that she puts up with. Just within the script, you know? Yeah, but I mean, we're obviously, we're reading, you, you've been reading sort of beyond the script. So, I mean, you could argue that maybe in the bits that we're not seeing, Alf Garnet is all sweetness and light and a fine, robust lover in the bedroom. But I don't see anything to suggest I, that. No, I don't. I don't see anything to suggest that at all. But yeah. if there was a hint at it, then I'd be more inclined to give that idea some credence. But no. Well, there's a small hint in that they're all still talking to him. Yeah, but I mean, you know, that generation didn't just go out and get divorced if shit wasn't working out. They either bickered about it their entire lives or they sat in stony silence. Yeah, <laughs> and, and the thing is that you know, like, and and I mean, he gets paralytically drunk. That yeah, that's true. Yes, you know, to the extent to which he he can barely find his way home. Yeah, because I've certainly seen that in episodes of this before. He liked to drink. Still, he ends up as a role model. And the thing is that after ten years, they then bring it back. Mm. And they bring it back without the one bulwark that they've got against this just stream of filth. That already wasn't working, if we're honest. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's... I don't get it. I don't understand what the hell they thought they were doing, putting that on the TV. But the trouble is, how did he become a role model? By being on the TV. Yeah. That's the thing. So... You can't actually, you can't really blame anybody involved in it. I mean, the actors are just doing a job. The writer is just doing a job that he's been commissioned to do. The The fault is with the people who are putting it on the TV. And it, as was in the case with the Black and White Minstrel Show, the BBC were stunningly, stunningly reluctant to take these things off the air. As I say... The last episode of In Sickness and In Health was broadcast on the 3rd of April, 1992. Yeah. Which, I mean, 1992. The thing is that I can apportion different degrees of blame. You know, it's possible to blame more than one person at the same time. If I'd been the actors, I wouldn't have taken the job, you know? I mean, like I say, the principal stars of this... um, were were mostly at retirement age or approaching retirement age. It is, so far as I'm aware, the only thing that Dandy Nichols is really known for having done. Arthur English was on TV all the time throughout the 60s, 70s and 80s. You know, just always. There was no need for him to take that role. Warren Mitchell... Mm, 
it's slightly different situation. But again, you know, uh, I cut the actors a degree of slack. The writers, I cut less slack because it is their words. This is their interpretation. It's their it's their world. You know, yeah. It's literally a world that they have created, and they have full control over what is said in that world and it is at best reckless and at worst just plain downright racist to put that shit out yeah i've never really been sold on this oh well you know the justifications for it's massively irresponsible because you can't i mean as george carlin said half of the people in the world are more stupid than the average person just, you know, think on that. And that's the world that you're putting this out into. You have to think, you see. But I think in the quest for ratings, people are just willing to go to whatever end, aren't they? Lowest common denominator. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think you're right, yeah. It's it's weird because the, the homophobia is probably the least... It's the least visible of everything that's going on because it doesn't particularly get a, you know, little segment of its own. No. You know what I mean? I mean, normally it would stand out. And a lot of this, the these programmes that we're watching from the 1990s, one of the things that does stand out is the sort of levels of just casual accepted homophobia that really jumps out. Yeah, that's uh, that's the thing, is that it's just that, that, is, that isn't treated as being in any way yeah. outrageous. It that doesn't just... jump out in this because what yeah. they're also being is overtly racist. And and the thing is, and this again is another reason why I'm not really prepared to cut Johnny Spate much slack over it, is that, right, okay, you've been away for 10 years. The world has changed in that time, Johnny. Okay? So we're going to let you do this. You can bring it back, call it another line from the, you know... From the marital vows, you know, maybe a little bit further on in it, you see. Yeah, yeah. It implies that they're older Smart. and in sickness because she's ill. She's yeah. ill. They've had to move to, a, yeah. they've had to downgrade from their old house yeah. to a little flat because they're old. So uh, is uh, Tony Booth coming back? No, he doesn't want to do it anymore for some reason. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. Well, we're going to need to replace that character. So what are you going to do? How about a gay black man? Yeah. And uh, yeah, Alfie Bass, he's died. So yeah. what are you going to do? Who's going to be Alf's drinking buddy? Oh, we'll just get another racist bloke who agrees who agrees with Alf Garnet. Yeah, really old white bloke. If that's supposed to be, well, look at this gay black man showing a white person, how the white racist, how stupid he is. It falls completely flat. Yeah. It doesn't work. I mean, Winston is not a bad character. <laughs> and he's called Winston. And he's called Winston. He's not a bad character. Uh, he comes across in a positive light, but he's just, he's not given enough leeway. He's got not got any space at all to influence anything, has he? Look, all the load of problems, mate. He's mad. He's round a bloody twist, that one. He wants to ban Christmas. I never said ban it. I just said play the Christian content down a bit. That's all. What are you talking about? Play the Christian content down a bit. That's all. That's what he is. Christian, isn't it? Uh, he He's just looks, a stereotype. Yeah, he looks to me like black honky-tonk man. 
the Dick Emery show. Well, you know I mean? yeah, I mean, he's put in there. They like, well, we're going to need some people for Alf to butt against. So why yeah, why not uh, have it's... it be two of the things that he likes to butt against? Yeah, and it's 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 lazy. It's oh yeah, absolutely. Thought out and it's offensive. I learn zero about this Winston dude. No, because the only things about him that matter are that he's black and he's gay. No other context, no other context, nothing else matters. Who he actually is, how he's come to be in this situation, why he's a home help, you know, what his loves and his hates are, any sort of uh, complexity whatsoever, doesn't matter. Not interested. One thing you also don't learn anything about, which I think is something of an omission in a programme with the sort of high-arcing ideals that it has, or, you know, purports to have. Yeah, I didn't learn anything about society in 1985. Well, I learned that the Garnets apparently live in a slum. Well, yeah, I mean, <sighs> the slum housing, that pub, that church hall, they're, they're the yeah. main, they are the main three areas where the action takes place. They could have been from an episode of Hancock's Half Hour. Yeah. yeah. You know, they, the, yeah. nothing has changed at all since that programme was originally on the air. And again, am I giving them too much credit? Because it feels like it. Am I giving them too much credit by saying that they were doing that on purpose? Uh, Yeah, probably. (laughs) I think... I don't think that it was a conscious decision to do it. I just think it it, it never occurred to them. Well, Uh, why would you? Why would Alf have changed his habits why but there comes a point where society changes enough that you can't just bury your head in the sand anymore yeah. uh, even if even if you're a fucking idiot which Alf Garnet is I wasn't expecting great things no. uh, I was expecting it to be tamer than Till Death Us Do Part for that for the simple reason that you know, yeah. the, the march of time moved. Yeah, shit had moved on a little bit, yeah. but evidently they hadn't. Well, <laughs> evidently, evidently they hadn't. Maybe, maybe that's the lesson about society in 1985. Yeah, and it's sad because I mean, I think Dandy Nichols is great. I think she's a great comedy actress. A oh great yeah, yeah, yeah. Foil. Her timing is really good. She's got a terrific hangdog expression you know i'm a big fan of that and warren mitchell is a fantastic actor as well yeah and this is the last thing that they that you know that she did before she died and it's like i say it's six weeks before she died and she's obviously she's imagine if if warren mitchell had used his powers for good the one theme of this podcast series so far going back to prior to christmas is that everything has been much more racist than even I was expecting it to be. I wasn't especially optimistic on that front, you know. But it just seems to get chucked in everywhere. It is, you know, yeah. and for no reason. You know, no. there's no there's no conversation going on, you know. It'll just literally be some people standing around talking, and then somebody's just somebody would drop this ridiculous slur. Yeah. And and then everything just carries on as it did before. And and the thing that I've noticed, really noticed, is that there's been nothing that I've seen so far. I'm just flicking back through my notebook. There is nothing that I've seen so far that has been less 
racist than I was expecting it to be. Given all this positivity, what was your festive highlight from um, Till Death Do Us Part? Um, to be honest with you, it wasn't very Christmassy, considering that it was definitely a Christmas special. Yeah, and it was set on Christmas Eve and yeah, Christmas and it was Day. Set, yeah. It didn't really feel very much like Christmas. You know, no. they the, the 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 decorations were lame. Um there wasn't any of that kind of bustle that you get on Christmas. There Eve. wasn't a lot of festive spirit. I mean, given the fact that Alf Garnet spent Christmas Eve afternoon deceiving and psychologically traumatizing his own daughter so that she yeah. wouldn't return home. Yeah. I mean, that's not the Christmas spirit. No, no, it was, it was, yeah, I mean, the, bleak. It was bleak. I think is the word, and definitely bleaker than I was expecting. My favourite festive uh, moment was when he was breaking up the cigars that his daughter had brought him so he could stuff them in his pipe. <sighs> Don't smoke cigars, do I? <laughs> and how we laughed. Why didn't he just smoke a fucking cigar? Smokers, if you have to do it, just yeah, smoke the I mean, what, what, how different is it going to be? But break them up and stick them in your pipe. You're still smoking a cigar, you fucking tit. That's Alf Garnet. If you want to see his monument, look around you. Yep, we all live in his world now. Tomorrow. Oh, God, I've just remembered what tomorrow is. Ah, wellity, wellity, wellity. Tomorrow. Is that, this is a glorious moment? This to me is getting somewhere close to the spirit of true Christmas, and I haven't watched it yet, so you know. Oh, uh, it's absolute. Yeah, it's the 1983-2-1 Christmas special. Yeah, that's oh, gonna be sweet. Cinderella special. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be amazing, and oh. uh, I'm 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 tumescent at the thought of watching it. I've already seen it. Yep. So I'm all, or I'm all wanked out. Yeah. Well, you know, too much, or, too much. Ted Rogers will do that to a man. Or furious. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, that's for tomorrow. We'll be back again, same time. Ted Rogers, Dusty Bin. You know it makes sense. Thanks very much for listening, and goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>